Hello, you're listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name is Valerie Koo, and you can find us online at sydneywriterscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre, and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips, and valuable ideas on how to get published. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story, or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Burr Carroll is the author of three books, Just Business, Executive Affair, and her latest novel, High Potential. All three books are considered chick lit for the working girl, and they all focus on aspects of work, balancing work life, and falling in and out of love at work. Burr came to Australia 13 years ago from Ireland and worked as a financial controller in a large IT company. She now lives in Sydney, has two young children, and is a successful full-time author. So thanks for joining us today, Burr. Thank you, Valerie. Now tell me, what inspired you to write your first book? Um, It all started with my first job in Sydney when I found myself amidst a cast of characters. And though I was very focused on my job, I couldn't help but notice what was going on around me. The sexy men in their white shirts and the savvy women and the relationships and the friendships um, and the alliances and the corporate politics. And my head was literally buzzing with ideas. Um, I enrolled in my local high school for a creative writing class. And I began to write my first novel, Executive Affair. And what was your first job? What were you doing at the time? I was a finance manager at the time. It was my first job where I I had a management position and I had a clear view up and down the organization. And I just found it fascinating, all the personalities, you know, in that whole spectrum. So being a finance manager is very different from writing. Had you done writing before? No, but um, when I was at school, I I was... um, quite good at English and I I do remember being undecided about which way I would go after school Um, but um, I do love numbers um, and because I worked for numbers for so long I think um, I did it did take me quite a while to learn the art of writing I knew I wanted to do it but um, I had a lot of learning to do which I realize now when I look back and if your work colleagues inspired that, are, your, are the characters in your book based on yourself or, or people you've worked with, obviously? Um, well, you know what? I denied that at the time. When the first book <laughs> came out, I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, it's all fiction, but um, I'm putting my hand up now and saying, yes, there was a lot of me in that first book, and some of the characters were based on people that I worked with. And um, although I have to say, I did not have an affair with the vice president. So I want that on record. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it, w- it was based on that first job and the environment of the first job. And um, also my first impressions of Sydney and how I saw Sydney and experienced Sydney for the first time. So you did that creative writing course. And yes. obviously that was at a fairly pre- preliminary level at the time. When did you realize you could make a career out of it? Uh, it was a long way in. I mean, that creative writing um, course was, I, I think, nine years ago now. And um, it was only last year when my third book got to number four in the Irish bestseller list that I realized, oh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get some momentum. And then following that, I had a lot more interest from the Australian publishers and also from publishers in other countries. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I thought, oh, um, you know, I can 
I, I actually um, started taking it all quite seriously. So did you combine your writing with your finance career for a little while and when did that stop? I did. Look, I combined it with mothering and with a finance career. Um, I stopped working full-time a few years ago and, and even though at the time I told everyone I was stopping to become a writer, I was actually stopping to become a mother. Um, and, um, um, and, and then after that, I, I did some troubleshooting in finance. I'd go back for a few months and, um, and that was quite fun to get dressed up and go back into the business world. And actually it gave me a lot of inspiration to go back like that. Sure. Um, but, um, you know, I was still largely running a household and being a mother to two small children. Um, and, um, still writing more as a hobby than as a career. Um, and last year I think that changed, um, when I signed um, a four-book deal with Pan, I, you know, suddenly had contracts and deadlines and m- my children are now the youngest is going to preschool. So I have a little bit more time on my hands to um, to gear up from being a hobby to being a career writer. So you were born in Ireland. Which writers influenced you growing up over there? Well, look, so the two of the first books I ever remember reading were not from Irish writers, but I must mention them because they had a lasting impact on me. And the first one was Torn Birds. Oh. And I read that at the age of 10. And you can imagine my shock. I learned the facts of life from that book. <laughs> and, um, but it also forms, you know, that, um, the start of a fascination with this country. Yes. Um, and, and another one I remember reading really at, at a very young age was A Woman of Substance. Mm. And I loved that, you know, um, very strong character that Barbara Taylor Bradford had created with Emma Hart, and I remember admiring her a lot. Mm. And um, then later on, you know, there came the Maeve Binchies and Marion Keyes and Cathy Kelly, um, and I would devour those kind of books. Um, and I also read some of the more literary writers like Roddy Doyle and Joseph O'Connor, and, and more recently Anne Enright, and learned a lot from them in terms of style and dialogue. Um, and then from female fiction writers, learned a lot in, you know, in terms of giving warmth and fulfillment and, you know, that good warm feeling that mm. um, women are looking from, for from this genre. Were you always into chiclet or, you know, the equivalent of chiclet at the time? Um, look, I, I, I read I read a lot. And actually, um, then I used to read chiclet and female fiction, but I also read a lot of other things. Um, the only thing I don't read an awful lot of is nonfiction. Um, but I do, you know, um, you know, a book from the Booker Prize, I feel, you know, well, I need to read that, and, you know. Um, so I read outside my genre quite a bit. Um, I don't read a lot of non-fiction, that's the only thing I would say. Um, but I find that now that I'm writing in this genre, um, the amount of chiclet that I'm reading is increasing because um, I, I like to know what other writers are writing um, and try and keep tabs on what's happening and what the trends are. What do you like about it in terms of writing it? What do you, you know, find appealing about writing Chick Lit? Um, even though it's very difficult to write, the romance part of it is actually, as a reader, the best part to read. Um, I think all of us are, you know, like romance and um, and are looking for, you know, like a happy ending and, and like that um, idea that you can find your soulmate. And um, and although that is the most difficult part to write, it's the best part to read. Mm. Um, and and so that that's part of it. But also, I think um, chiclet and female fiction do, um, you know, put a lot of emphasis on relationships and friendships. And they are, um, you know, sometimes ignored in other books. Mm. And 
Both Ireland and Sydney feature in your books. Was that a strategic decision to capture, you know, the readerships of two markets or was it something else? No, look, it was um, because there was a big part of me in both countries. I've been here for 13 years and there's a big part of me here, but there's also still part of me back over there. And I'm fascinated between the links and the contrast between the two countries. And, and generally, um, you know, the Irish love the Australians because they're so different. And, you know, well, the, the environment here is so different and, and vice versa. But the people are quite similar. So um, I, I wrote about what I, you know, what I'm interested in. And I'm interested in the links and the contrasts between the countries. But I've also realized, so I didn't start off that intentionally. But um, I've realized also that as a writer, changing scene like that does give me a chance to take a breath. Mm. And when I come back to where I've left off, it gives me renewed vigor. So I, I like, um, you know, the energy it gives me being able to change the scene a bit. And what type of research did you do for your books in terms of workplace research? Because just business focuses on redundancy, high potential focuses on law, and executive affair focuses on controlling finances. What what kind of research did you do on those areas? Well, look, um, I, I had to research lots of things and not just the business. And over the years, I've you know I've interviewed ex-cons and psychics and hookers. And, wow. Um, and um, schizophrenics. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, a perk of the job is very interesting. On the business side, um, obviously with Executive Affair, I had all that information at my fingertips. Mm. Um, but um, with just business, or with just business I'm, I don't work in human resources. And um, um, I worked closely with them. And the same, I haven't worked in law, but I've worked closely with lawyers. Mm. So I, I knew what questions to ask. But um, in order to pull it off properly, I had to ask a lot of those questions and um, get a lot of it checked, um, you know, by my sources of information, um, reading over what I've written to make sure that I've got it right because um, it's really important to me to get it right because I'm placing an emphasis on the job. Um, I don't want to get it wrong, so um, I spend a lot of time making sure that my facts are correct. Yes. And, 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 and also, you know, with all the books after those three books, um, I always change you know, my my um, setting and my characters and my issues. So, um, you know, in following books, you know, there's an investment banker, there's um, a recruitment agent. So I, I've had to do quite a lot of research, particularly investment banking. That took a long time to research. It's very important, isn't it? Because it's those little facts that if you get wrong, suddenly you lose credibility for the rest you of do. your book. Yeah, yeah, you do lose credibility. I mean, you have to know where to draw the line as well because, um, unfortunately, I don't have the luxury of working in those industries for a year. Um, so I have to limit, you know, what I can. But because I've worked in business, I do think I know where to start mm. and I know what questions to ask and that's a good start. Um but um, I certainly don't want somebody ringing me up and saying, well, you've got this all wrong. Yes. Um, that would be a nightmare. So um, I do put a lot of time into the research. And out of those three books, do you have a favourite? Oh, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I've been re-editing um, Executive Affair and Just Business for the release in this market. And I have to say with Executive Affair, reading back over it, the affair is very, very strong in there. And quite compelling mm. and um, and um, with just business I like the way the strands of the story come together and I'm with high potential I can see um, I'm coming of age a bit and um, high potential was the first one I think I wrote with a very 
firm eye on my market and what they want and what they need. Mm. And I, I feel quite a lot of satisfaction reading back over that. So I have to say, look, I like them all for different reasons. And some of those reasons are because of the journey that I've gone through. And you, what's it like re-editing and revisiting it after so long? Oh, really hard, Valerie. <laughs> um, <laughs> like some of the same parts of Executive Affair I wrote nine years ago, ten yeah. years ago. And look, um, I had to be quite practical about what I could do and what I couldn't do. Um, and um, obviously I couldn't completely scrap it and start from scratch, which part of me wanted to do. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, although having said that, um, because there was a certain naivety and um, a lack of um, self-consciousness in there, um, you know, the relationship in there works really well. Right, right. Um, because it, beca- it came purely from instinct and not from anything, you know, not from, you know, the do's and don'ts of writing relationships and writing romance. And um, I think my instincts with it were quite good. So, um, so yeah, so look, I found, I found that process very, very hard and I'm only just finishing it now. I'm proof, mm-hmm. I've got um, just business in front of me that I'm proofreading for the November release. And um, I'm still changing it, <laughs> you know, not meant to at this stage. All your books seem to be work-related. Why is this such a strong theme and is that going to carry through? Is that theme going to carry through in your next book? It, they are um, all work-related and I suppose it comes back to writing what you know. And um, I don't know, you know, people that work in, in or don't work in business um, often um, don't realise um, it's a very exciting dynamic place to work. Um, and... Um, and the women that, you know, I used to work with in business were strong, contemporary women, you know, who were juggling a lot of things and who would work really hard to get where they were and, you know, were a story in themselves. Um, so, um, and often it's the people outside of business that are fascinated with the details of people that work in there. Just like we, you know, I love to read about nurses and I like to read about doctors and I like to read about things that I don't do as my career. Um People who work outside business find it very interesting, um, the dynamics uh, and, and the realities um, of when you bring a group of people together in close proximity, what kind of things happen. How far down the track are you in your next book? Well, um, I'm a few books ahead. I have, right. um, I have one that's um, going, for, um, going through the editing stage shortly, and The Better Woman, which is due to be released next year. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, um, there's a book called The Call Girl's Sister, which was in my bottom drawer for a while, and that's going to be released as the next major release after The Better Woman. Mm-hmm. And it's the book after that that I'm working on. Um, but I'm, I'm finding it, this year has been a difficult year because I've had five books to work on, so um, it's hard to find time to write something new. I have all the ideas, but you know, actually sitting down and actually getting a clear run of it is proving hard. Apart from finding the time, how do you compartmentalise and, you know, think I'm working on this book now, I'm editing editing this, and now I'm writing this, and now I'm, you know, polishing this one off? How do you juggle that? Um, Look, I I can't say that it's that easy, and particularly when you're juggling a household and children and um, things get very muddled up. um, um, And this year in particular has been a hard year, um, so... but. Being an accountant, I suppose this is where I draw on the other side of my personality. I'm quite good at, um, I'm a hard worker, and if something needs to be done, I'll do it, and I'll knuckle down and do it, and um, and I can, you know, I'm very efficient. So um, those kind of personality traits help sometimes um, in the writing world. 
So then can you describe to us your typical working day or your typical day, including all your running the household? Well, look, um, I, I, I ride three days a week when my youngest is at preschool and um, usually I come home from school and the first thing I realise is, oh, I better do some washing because <laughs> otherwise no one will have a uniform tomorrow. So I do the washing, hang out the washing and then I sit down and then invariably somebody rings me for a chat and I'm like, well, I'm working here. <laughs> and uh, they don't believe I'm working. They think I'm just, you know, lolling around. Yes. Um, so, um, and, and look, yeah, generally... Um, you know, despite all the interruptions and school drop-offs and pick-ups, on those three days, I really do put my head down and um, try to ignore all the other things that are pulling me in different directions. Um, and um, and then outside of that time, I, I do a lot of writing at night when the kids are in bed. Mm. And sometimes when it can't be helped, I write when they're actually here. And then they're on the back of my chair and <laughs> playing with the keyboard and... Um, so, like at this particular stage, it, you know, it it is hard, um, but um, I have got through a year where I've successfully, you know, edited. Um, well, it'll be four books by the time the year is out, and I think, considering what I've done it around, you know, it's been a good year. Um, so, um, I'm looking forward to next year when there'll be a lot more. Um, um, I'll have much longer stretches of time to work on things. And what has been the response to your three books so far? Have you had much feedback from readers? I have, look, um, because I've been published in Ireland for a number of years, I've, you know, um, had quite a lot of feedback and I've had my finger on the pulse of that feedback and I have changed my style a little bit to, um, um, I suppose, give my readers more of what they want. Um, And I think now I have a very good idea of how far I can push them. What do your readers want? Um, they want, fundamentally, they want the warmth and the fulfillment that they're seeking out of this genre. They want that to be delivered. And I can test them a little bit along the way and I can throw up some difficult issues and go to some dark places. But the bottom line is that they want that warmth and, and fulfillment and, and, and the relationships. And how does this career as a writer compare to your career in finance? Which is more fulfilling? Which is more you? It's hard to look. There's a little bit of me in both. Um, I liked working in that environment, and I didn't resign because I, I did. I resigned um, because of the novels and the children, not because I disliked working there. Mm. And um, and even you know, if, as um, last year I was contracting and um, doing a short-term contract and I really liked going back into the environment again for a few months and experiencing it and I do fundamentally like numbers and working with numbers and um, I think I'm complicated as you know um, and, and I'm not saying that again in a few years time I won't feel the need to go back into finance I might but um, so whilst I would say I'm maybe 70% um, a writer I'm still there's still a little part of me over on the other side of the fence Mm-hmm. And I think that um, in terms of my personal satisfaction and achievements, I might always be dabbling a little bit in, in both. Is there perhaps a, a third career in you yet? Like if you cast yourself 10 years from now, might you you know, even be doing something else? Um, I can envisage that right now. Um, well, I see being a mother as my third career, so at the yes. moment anyway. And, and probably my biggest job. So, um, but... Um, I'm not afraid to try new things, so who knows? Um, 
you know, and I think that the more, the longer that I'm around and the more experience that I have, that I realize life doesn't stay still at all. Um, and, um, and that's a good thing to know um, because you can change things. When you first started writing, did you, was it a difficult process in that, when did you start believing, you know, I'm really going to write a novel here? I always, I didn't doubt my ability to write a novel. I think I started mm-hmm. that creative writing class and I remember the teacher saying um, everybody, you know, should write a short story or start with short stories. Mm. And I thought, oh, I can't, you know, I don't want to write a short story. I want to write a novel. And I was quite clear about what I wanted to write. Mm. And actually, a lot of the work I brought into that class were extracts from Executive Affairs that began to write it. Um, so I was quite focused on what I wanted to write, but I guess learning the craft has taken time. What did you do after that course finished to keep the momentum going? Um, I did. I, I kept writing. I remember finishing an early draft and I sent it to a manuscript assessment agency. Mm-hmm. Although actually I rang, I remember I rang a publisher and I was told that they didn't take um, unsolicited manuscripts and that I needed to get it assessed. Mm. And they gave me the name of an assessment agency, which um, I then sent the manuscript to. And they responded um, with um, 10 pages of criticisms. And, um, and you know, that was just like a light went on in my head. It was absolutely brilliant feedback. Um, right. And it, it was a roadmap on what to do. And I, I took that criticism on the chin and I really, really sat down. and Because, and, you know, when you get feedback from family and friends, that doesn't count. Really, of course, <laughs> professional editorial feedback and quite brutal, you know, and exactly what I needed. And I found mm. it very motivating to sit down w- with a report and to address all the issues in that report. And I sent the manuscript back to that agency, um, you know, looking for an updated report to see, well, have I pulled it off? And that agency actually um, um, was a literary agent as well, and I didn't know that. And that's right. how I actually got my agents. So that's how Executive Affair was born. Um, but it was that was over a number of years. It was over three years. Sure. Yes, it's not a quick process writing a book, is it? Well, not when you're working full time. And look, I was doing it as a hobby. I wasn't, you know, doing it with a burning ambition, you know. And I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't believe I was going to get published. I was just doing it as, you know, I wanted to write a novel, and you know. Being an accountant, I was going, okay, well, I'm going to write it and I'm going to, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And um, the publishing part was a different um, process. Sure. So what advice, finally, would you give to other people who want to change their careers and become a writer just like you? Well, look, the first piece of advice relates to that feedback and the importance of feedback. Mm. And feedback doesn't count if it's coming from a non-professional. It needs to come from a professional source. So... If you're serious about writing, you need to get your manuscript assessed and pay a few hundred dollars to do that because you'll become a better writer from hearing independent professional feedback and it's worth every penny. Um, And still today, when I write a manuscript, I would say 50% of that manuscript is based on feedback and 50% is based on me and and the direction things take, you know, Unless you're an extremely talented writer, you're not going to get it all right. Um, and um, and if you're starting out, then um, your access to professional uh, and a, a professional opinion is probably quite limited. So um, that's the first thing I would say. And it's not to be afraid of it, not to take it negatively. 
because everything can be rewritten at the end of the day. Um, the second thing I would say was um, to have realistic expectations. And for most people, it's a, wrong, a long and it's a tough road. Um, instant success is quite rare and, and you need to be resilient. And that's, you know, a very important thing as well. Wonderful. And on that note, thank you very much for your time today, Burr. Thank you, Valerie. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online, including details about our courses, seminars and online learning, as well as information on our regular competitions where you can win books, movie tickets and literary experiences at www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au or visit me on my personal website, www.sydneywriterscentre.com.au ValerieKoo.com. That's ValerieKoo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.